Ashley Brock, Rainy Diane Palmer's book, J.B. Chapter 6. Tilly could barely get her breath, worried about Margie. Marge, half sick with fear, she couldn't even manage words. No wonder J.B. couldn't be bothered to answer the phone. He and his beautiful girlfriend were half naked. Apparently, J.B. wasn't much on beds for a sensual venture. She remembered with heartache that he wrestled her down on the very sofa when she was 18 and kissed her till her mouth hurt. It had been the most heavenly few minutes of her entire life, despite the fact that he'd been furious when he started kissing her. It hadn't ended that way, though. Get out, J.P. threw at her. She managed to get her wits back. March, she had to think about March, not about how much her pride was. J.P., you have to listen. Get out, damn you. I've had it up to here with you chasing after me, pulling me, trying to get close to me. I don't want you, Tilly. How many times do I have to tell you before you realize that I mean it? You're straight at March, and I took it. Nothing more. I don't want you, and I never will. Her heart was bursting with raw pain. She hoped she wouldn't pass out. She knew her face was white. She wanted to move to leave, but her feet both frozen to the carpet. Her tormented expression and lack of strong seemed to make him worse. His skinny, ugly little tomboy, he raised white hot fury. I'd want something like you for capes. Get out, I said. She gave up. She turned away, slowly aware of the gloating smile on Bella's face, and closed the door behind her. Her knees barely gave her sport as she walked back towards the front door. Nell was standing by the staircase, drying her hands on her apron, looking sharp. What in the world is it? It's all the yelling about, she explained. She hesitated when she saw the young woman's own wife. Telly, what's wrong? She asked gently. Telly fought her for her composure. March is on her way to the hospital in an ambulance with the girls. They get a heart attack. I couldn't make JP listen. He's, I walked in on him and that woman. He yelled at me and said I was chasing him. Called me horrible name. Swallowed our juice over. Please tell him we're all be at the hospital if he can tear himself loose long enough. She turned on her. Don't you drive that car unless you are all right, Tully. Now he's a phone. It's pouring down rain. I'm fine, she said in a ghostly tone. She even forced him to tell him, okay? I'll tell him, Melly said angrily. Don't worry, honey. Margie's one tough cookie. She'll be all right. You just ride carefully. You ought to wait and go with him, she answered. If I got in a car with him right now, I'd kill him. Nelly said through her teeth. Helpless tears were rolling down her belt. See you later now. Telly! It was too late. Telly closed the door behind her and went to her car. She was getting soaked and she didn't care. JB had said terrible things to her. She knew that she'd never get over them. He wanted her to stop chasing him. She hadn't been, but it must have looked like it. She'd gone to his office this morning and had to... To the house this afternoon. It was about March. He wouldn't believe it, though. He thought Tilly was desperate for him. That was a joke now. She was sure that she never wanted to see him again. As long as she lived, she started the car and turned it. The tires were slick. She hadn't realized how slick until she almost spun out going down the driveway. She needed to keep her speed down, but she wasn't thinking rationally. She was hearing J.B. yell at her that she was an ugly stray. He'd taken it, and he didn't want her. Tears missed her eyes as she tried to concentrate on the road. There was a hairpin curved behind the ranch road met the highway it was unusually easy to maneuver but the rain was coming so hard and fast that the little car suddenly hydroplaned she saw the ditch coming toward her and jerked the wheel as hard as she could in a day she felt the car go over and over and over her seatbelt broke and something hit her head everything went black jay bean stormed out of the study two seconds after he had to his little car scattered 
Gravel as it sped away. His hair was mused like his shirt, and he was in a vicious humor. He had been a day it had been a bad day altogether. He shouldn't have yelled at Chili, but he wondered why she'd come marching in. Should have asked. It's just that he had shamed him. This to be seen in such a position with Bella, knowing painfully how Tilly felt about him. He'd heard her with just the sight of him, and Bella, without adding his scathing and comments afterward, Tilly wouldn't even realize that shame had put him on the offensive. She had feelings of glass, and he shattered them. No, was waiting for him at the foot of the staircase. She was visibly seething, and her white hair almost stood on end with bridal rage. So you finally came out, did you? Telly, Telly was tearing up the driveway as she left. He went, what the hell got into her? Why was she here? He had her reluctantly because he realized blatantly that she hadn't looked as if she were pursuing him with amorous intent. Now gave him a cold smile. She couldn't get you on the phone, so she drove over to tell you that Ma just had a heart attack. She nodded cordially when she saw him turn pale. That's right. She wasn't here chasing you. She wanted you to know about your sister. Oh, God. He bit off. He won't help you. No, kind of. Yelling at poor Tilly like that when she was only trying to do you a good turn. Shut up. He snapped. Call the hospital and say, You call them. She took off her. You've got my two weeks' notices for right now. I'm sick of you watching torture. I'm sick of watching you torture Tilly. I quit. See if your happy girlfriend in there can cook your meals and clean your house while she spins you into the poorhouse. No, he began furiously. She had a pen. I won't reconsider. The living room door opened, and Bella slicked into the hallway, smiling contently. Oh, we've... Are we going out to eat? She asked JB as she moved to catch up with him. Catch him by one arm. I'm going to the hospital, he said. My sister's had a heart attack. Oh, that's too bad, Bella said. You want me to go with you and hold your hand? The girls would love that. No, this is all girls. You'll be such a comfort to them. No, JB refused. She's right. I'd be a comfort, like she said. Bella agreed, missing the sarcasm all again. You need me, JB. I hope he gets what he really needs one day, Nelson turned it on him. You're fired, he yelled after Too late, I already quit, Nelson pleasantly. Oh, I'm sure Bella can cook you some supper and wash your clothes. She closed the kitchen door behind her with a snap. Now you know I can't cook, J.B., Bella said irritable, and I've never washed clothes. I send mine to laundry. What's the matter with her? It's the silly girl who was here, isn't it? I don't like her at all. J.B. reached into his pocket and pulled out two large rules. Call cab and go home, he said. I have to get to the hospital. But I should go with you, Shiggy. He looked down at her with bridal fear. Go home. She should rest. Well, all right, J.B., you don't need to yell. Honestly, you're such in a bad mood. My sister has had a heart attack. He repeated. Yes, I know, but those things happen, don't they? You can't do anything about it, she added blankly. It was like talking to a wall. He thought with exasperation, he ducked in his shirt, checked to make sure his car keys were in his pocket, checked, jerked his raincoat in half from the hall coat rack, and went out the door without a backward glance. Don and Brandy were pacing the waiting room in the emergency room at Jacobsville General Hospital while Dr. Coltrane examined their mother. They were quiet, somber, with tears pouring down their cheeks in silent misery when J.B. walked in. They ran to him. The instant they saw him, visibly shaking, he gathered them close, feeling like an animal because he hadn't even let Tilly talk when she walked in on him. She come to tell him that Marge was in the hospital with a heart attack and he'd sent her running with insults. Probably she'd come to his office that morning because something about Marge had worried her. He'd been no help at all. Now Tilly was hurt and Nell was quitting. He'd never felt so helpless. Mama won't die, will she, Uncle J.B.? Randy asked tearfully. Of course she won't. He assured her in a deep, soft tone he used with little things of her or her children. She'll be fine. 
Tilly said she was going to tell you about Mama. Why didn't Tilly come with you? Dawn asked, wiping her eyes. She said, Tilly's not here. No, she had to go over to your house. But you didn't answer your phone, Brady. He replied, I guess the lines were down or something. Or something. He said, I'm taking the phone off the hook. She may have gone home to get Mama a gown. Dan, Dawn suggested. She always thinks of things like that when everybody else goes to pieces. She'll be here as soon as she can. I know she will, Bernie. I don't know what we'll do without Tilly. Which made J.B. feel even smaller than he already did. Tilly must be scared to death. She'd been with her grandfather when he died of a heart attack. She loved him more than any other member of her small family, including the mother she lost more recently. Marge's heart attack would bring back several memories. Worse, when she showed up at the hospital, she'd have to deal with what J.B. had said to her. Wasn't going to be a pleasant reunion. Dr. Coltrane came out smiling. March is going to be all right, he told him. We got to her just in time, but she'll have to see a heart specialist, and she's going to be on medication from now on. Did you know that her blood pressure was high? No, Joby said one. It's always been low. Coach Chicken said, not anymore. She's very lucky that it happened like this. It may have saved her life. It was a heart attack then. J.P. persisted with the girl standing close at his side. Yes, but a mild one. You can see her when we've got her in a room. You need to sign her in at the office. I'll do that right now. But where's Tilly? Don asked when they were alone. J.P. wished he knew. He was on his way back from the office when he paused at the emergency room just in time to see a worried Jane stalking beside a gurney. The two paramedics were rushing through the door on the stretcher was Tilly, unconscious and bleeding. Tilly, he explained, rushing to the gurney. She was white as a sheet, and he was more frightened now than he was when he heard learned about Marsh. What happened? He shot at Grange. I don't know. Grange said curly. Her car was off the road in a ditch. She was unconscious in a couple of inches of water, phased down. If I hadn't come along when I did, she'd have drowned. J.B. felt sick all the way to soul. It was his fault. All his fault. Where was the car? He asked. On the farm road that leads to your house, Grange replied, his eyes narrowed suspiciously. Why are you here? My sister just had a heart attack. So told the girls and I have been in the emergency waiting room. She's going to be all right. Tilly came to tell me about it. Yes, reluctantly. Then why the hell didn't she ride in with you? Grange asked brown eyes flashing. She must have been upset. She loves March. She shouldn't even have been driving him, whether this dangerous. That was a question, J.B. didn't want to touch. <laughs> he ignored it. Followed the gurney into one of the exam rooms. Was Grange right on his heels? He got one of Tilly's small hands in both of his and held on tight. Tilly, he said huskily, feeling the pain all the way to his boots. Tilly, hold on. She shouldn't have been driving. Grange repeated, leaning against the wall nearby. He was obviously upset as well. The look he gave J.B. would have started a fight under better circumstances. The entrance of Cooper. Cooper Coltrane interrupted him. Cooper gave J.B. an odd look. It isn't your day, is it? He asked me to tell his side. What happened? Her car hydroplane, apparently. Grange said, Tony, I found it overturned. She was lying face down in a ditch full of water. If I'd been just a little later, she'd have drowned. Damn the luck. Coltrane muttered, checking her pupil reaction with a small pinlet. She's concussed. She's concussed as well as Bruce. He murmured, I'm going to need an x-ray and a battery of tests to see how badly she's hurt. But the concussion is the main thing. J.B. felt sick. One of his men had been kicked in the head by a mean steer and dropped dead of a massive concussion. 
Can't you do something now? He raged at culture, and the physician gave him an odd look. There's a notorious gossip locally that Telly was crazy about J.B. Hammock, and J.B. paid her as little attention as possible. That white-faced man with blazing green eyes facing him didn't seem disinterested. What would you suggest? Yes, J.B. Court. Wake her up. Grace made a rough sound in his throat. You can shut up, J.B. told him nicely. You're not a doctor. Neither are you. Grace returned with the same leg of one. And if you'd given her a lift to the hospital, she wouldn't need one, would she? J.B. had already worked that out for himself. Slips compressed furiously. Tilly groaned. Both men moved to the examination table at the same time. In tandem. Colchin gave them angry looks and bent to examine Tilly. Can you hear me? Yes, you Tilly. Her eyes opened, green and dazed. She blinked and winced. My head hurts. I'm not surprised, Coltrane murmured, busy with a stethoscope. Take a deep breath. Let it out. Again. She groaned. My head hurts. She repeated, okay, I'll give you something for it. But we need x-rays and an MRI, Coltrane said quietly. Anything hurts besides your head? Everything, she replied. What happened? You wrecked your car, Green said quietly. She looked up at him. You found me? He nodded. Dark eyes can search. She made Thanks. He said, I'm wet. It was pouring rain, Grange said. His voice soft like his eyes. He brushed back the blonde matted hair from her forehead. Disclosing a groan of dark bruise. He winced. You're concussed, silly, Dr. Coulter said. We're going to have to keep you for a day or two, okay? But I'll miss graduation, she explained, trying to set up. Gently pushed her back down. No, you won't, he said with a quizzical smile. She blinked, glancing at J.B. You, you look very worried. But it's me. I'm a senior. I have a white gown and cap. She said, wasn't driving Marjorie's car? No, your own, J.B. said slowly, apprehensively. But I don't have a car, don't you remember, J.B.? She asked pleasantly. I had to drive Marjorie's. She's going to help me buy a car this summer because I'm going to work at the Save a Lot grocery store, remember? J.B.'s indoor breath was audible. Where the other two men could react, he pressed Tilly's small hand closer to his own. Tilly, how old are you? Yes, I'm 17. You know that. She scoped. Coltrane whistled. J.B. turned to him. His lips parted in the preliminary to a question. We're going to step outside and discuss how to break it to March, Coachman told Jenny. You just rest. I'll send a nurse in with something for your headache, okay? Okay, JB, you aren't leaving, are you? She added wordly. Coals of fire! He was thinking as he assured her that he'd be nearby. She relaxed and smiled as she lay back on the examination table. Coachman motioned the other two men outside and see the hall. Amnesia, he told JB at once. I'm sure it's temporary. It isn't uncommon with head injuries. She's very confused and in some pain. I'll run tests. We'll do an MRI to make sure. The head injury would cause it, Grange asked wordingly. JB had a flush along his eye cheekbones. He didn't speak. Coltrane gave him a curious look. The brain tends to try to protect itself from trauma, and not only physical trauma. Has she had a shock of some kind? He asked JB pointedly. JB replied with a curt jerk of his head. We had a misunderstanding at the house. He hinted gracious dark eyes like, Well, that explains why she wrecked the car. He accused J.B. glared him like hell does. Coaching held up in. Arguing isn't going to do her any good. She's had the wreck. Now we have to deal with the consequences. I'm going to admit her and start running tests. 
JB drew a quick breath. How are we gonna explain this to Tilly? Coach Trentside, tell her as little as possible right now. Once she's stabilized, we'll tell her what we have to. But if she thinks she's 17, sending her to Marge's house is going to be traumatic. She'll expect the girls to be four years younger than they are, won't she? JB was thinking hard. <laughs> he saw immediately a way to solve that problem. Prevent Nell from escaping at once. She can stay at the house with Mount Nell and me, he said. She and Marge and the girls did stay there when she was 17 for a couple of weeks while Marge's house was being remodeled. We can tell her that Marge and the girls are having a vacation while workmen tend to her house. I'll make it right with Don and Brandy. You and Telly were close when she was in her teens, I recall. Culture <laughs> Yes, Jimmy said tartly. Culture chuckled, glancing at Grange. She followed him around like a puppy when she first went to live with him, with Marge, she told the other man. You can talk to J.B. without tripping over Telly. J.B. was her security blanket after she lost her mother. She was the same way with Marge, J.B. muttered. Not to that extent she wasn't, Coltrane argued. She thought the sun rose and set on you. I need to go back and check on Marge. J.P. interrupted, visibly uncomfortable. I'll stay with Tilly for a while, Grange said, moving back into the examination room before the older two, other two men could object. J.P. stared after him with bridal fury, his hands deep in his pockets, his eyes moved. He's got no business in there, he told him. He isn't even family. Neither are you, Dr. Fmine. <laughs> J.P. glared at him. Are you sure she'll be all right? Sure as I can be. He studied the other man intently. You said something to her. Something that hurt her, didn't you? He asked Don when JB's high cheekbones took on a ridicule. She's hiding in the past when you were less resentful of her. She'll get her memories back, but it's going to be dangerous to rush in. You have to let her move ahead at her own pace. I'll do that. JB assured him. You drew a long breath. Damn. I feel my whole life crashed and burned today. First March, now Tilly, and now quit. He counted angrily. Now, Coulter's way. She's been there since you were a boy. Well, she wants to leave, JP Mother. But she'll stay if she knows Tilly's coming to the house. I better phone her. Then I'll go back to Margie's room. He met Coulter's She needs anything. Anything. I'll take care of it. I don't think she's got health insurance at all. Might stop by the administration office and set things up, Coltrane. But I'll do what needs doing. Finance is notwithstanding, you know that. I do. Thanks, Cooper. Coltrane. I'm glad she's rallying. He said in March too. Same here. JB left, left him to go back to the administration office and sign Tilly, and he felt guilty. Her wreck was certainly his fault. The least he could do was provide her for her treatment. He hated knowing that he'd upset her that much, and for nothing. She was only trying to help. Frustration had taken a toll on him, and he'd driven him into Bella's willing arms. The last thing he expected was for Tilly to walk in on him. He'd never been quite so ashamed of himself, which was, of course, no excuse to take his temper out on her. He wished he could take back all the things he said while her memory was gone. At least he had a chance to regain her trust and make up a little for what he'd done. Till he felt drained with the type of culture and had all the tests he wanted. She was curious about the man who told her that he found her in the wrecked car and called the ambulance. He was handsome and friendly and seemed to like her very much, but she didn't know him. It was very kind of you to rescue me, she told Grange when she was in a private room. He said, My pleasure. He smiled. His dark eyes went, You can save me next time. She laughed. 
Red Cook cocked one side as she started saying, I'm sorry, but I don't remember your name. Grange, he said pleasantly. Just Grange? She cute, he nodded. Have I known you a long time? He shook his head. But I'm taking you out a few times. The rival said, And JB let me go out with you? She explained. That's very strange. I wanted to go hug him with a college boy I knew, and he threw a fit. You're older than any college boy? He chuckled. I'm 27. He told her, Wow. She moved. You're old for your age, she said, evading her eyes. JB and I know each other. I see. She didn't, but he was obviously reluctant to talk about it. Marge hasn't been to see me, she added suddenly. That's not like her. Range recalled what JB and Culture and had discussed. Her house is being remodeled, he said. She and the girls are on a vacation trip. While school's in session, she explained, he thought fast. It's spring break, remember? She was confused. Had someone said it was May? Was it spring break in March? But graduation is coming up very soon. You got your cap and gown early, didn't you? He improvised. She was trying. That must be what happened. I'm so confused. She remembered holding her hand. And my head absolutely throbs. They'll give you something for that. He checked his watch. I have to go. Visiting hours are over. Will you come back tomorrow? She asked, feeling deserted. He smiled. Of course I will, he answered. It will have to be during my lunch hour. We'll have to work, though. Where do you work? At the Ballinger feedlot. That set off bells in her head, but she couldn't think. Why? They're nice, Justin and Calhoun. Yes, they are. He stood up, moving the chair back from it. Take care, I'll see you tomorrow. Okay, thanks again. He looked at her for a long time. I'm glad it wasn't more serious than it is, he told her. You were unconscious when I found you. It was raining, she regarded. I don't understand why I was driving in the rain. I'm afraid of it, you know. Are you? She shook her head. I must have had a reason. I'm sure you did. He looked thunderous, but he quickly raised the expression, smiled, and left her. She settled back into the pillow, feeling bruised and broken. Such an odd experience, what had happened to her. Everyone seemed to be holding things back from her. She wondered how badly she was damaged. Tomorrow, she promised herself she'd dig it out of J.B. End of chapter 6. Ashley Brock, Rainy Diane Palmer's book, J.B. Chapter 6. Tilly could barely get her breath, worried about Margie. Marge, half sick with fear, she couldn't even manage words. No wonder JB couldn't be bothered to answer the phone. He and his beautiful girlfriend were half naked. Apparently, JB wasn't much on beds for a sensual venture. She remembered with heartache that he wrestled her down on the very sofa when she was 18 and kissed her till her mouth hurt. It had been the most heavenly few minutes of her entire life, despite the fact that he'd been furious when he started kissing her. It hadn't ended that way, though. Get out, JP threw at her. She managed to get her wits back. March, she had to think about March, not about how much her pride was hurt. JP, you have to listen. Get out, damn you. I've had it up to here with you chasing after me, pawing me, trying to get close to me. I don't want you, Tilly. How many times do I have to tell you before you realize that I mean it? You're straight the March, and I took it. Nothing more. I don't want you, and I never will. Her heart was bursting with raw pain. She hoped she wouldn't pass out. She knew her face was white. She wanted to move to leave, but her feet both frozen through the carpet. Her tormented expression and lack of strength seemed to make him worse. A skinny, ugly little tomboy. He raised white hot fury. I'd want something like you for capes. Get out, I said. She gave up. She turned away, slowly aware of the gloating smile on Bella's face, and closed the door behind her. Her knees barely gave her sport as she walked back toward the front door. Nell was standing by the staircase, drying her hands on her apron, looking sharp. What in the world is it? It's all the yelling about, she explained. She hesitated when she saw the young woman's own wife. Tally, what's wrong? She asked gently. 
Daddy Potter spoke her composure. Marcus owner way to the hospital in an ambulance with the girls. Uh, they get a heart attack. I couldn't make JP listen. He's, I walked in on him and that woman. He yelled at me and said I was chasing him. Call me horrible name. Swallowed our jewels over. Please tell him or I'll be at the hospital if he can tear himself loose long enough. She turned to him. Don't you drive that car unless you are all right, Tully. Now there's a phone. It's pouring down rain. I'm fine, she said in a ghostly tone. She even forced him to tell him, okay? I'll tell him, Melly said angrily. Rose Don't worry, honey. Marge's warm, tough cookie. She'll be all right. You just drive carefully. You want to wait and go with him, she answered. If I can't go with him right now, I'd kill him. Melly said through her teeth. Helpless tears were rolling down her belt. See you later now. Telly! It was too late. Telly closed the door behind her and went to her car. She was getting soaked and she didn't care. JB had said terrible things to her. She knew that she'd never get over them. He wanted her to stop chasing him. She hadn't been, but it must have looked like it. She'd gone to his office this morning and had to to the house this afternoon. It was about March. He wouldn't believe it, though. He thought Tilly was desperate for him. That was a joke now. She was sure that she never wanted to see him again. As long as she lived, she started the car and turned it. The tires were slick. She hadn't realized how slick until she almost spun out going down the driveway. She needed to keep her speed down, but she wasn't thinking rationally. She was hearing J.B. yell at her that she was an ugly stray. He'd taken it and he didn't want her. Tears missed her eyes as she tried to concentrate on the road. There was a hairpin curved just behind the ranch road met the highway. It was unusually easy to maneuver, but the rain was coming so hard and fast that the little car suddenly hydroplaned. She saw the ditch coming toward her and jerked the wheel as hard as she could. In a day, she felt the car go over and over and over. Her seatbelt broke and something hit her head. Everything went black. Jay Bean stormed out of the study two seconds after he heard his little car scatter. Gravel as it sped away. His hair was mused like his shirt, and he was in a vicious humor. He had been a day, it had been a bad day altogether. He shouldn't have yelled at Tilly, but he wondered why she'd come marching in. He should have asked. It's just that he had shamed him. This, to be seen in such a position with Bella, knowing painfully how Tilly felt about him, he'd hurt her with just the sight of him, and Bella, without adding his scathing comments afterward, Tilly wouldn't even realize that shame had put him on the offensive. She had feelings of glass, and he shattered them. No was waiting for him at the foot of the staircase. She was visibly seething, and her white hair almost stood on end with bridal rage. So you finally came out, did you? Telly, Telly was tearing up the driveway as she left. Even what the hell got into her? Why was she here? He had her reluctantly because he realized blatantly that she hadn't looked as if she were pursuing him with amorous intent. Now gave him a cold smile. She couldn't get you on the phone, so she drove over to tell you that Ma just had a heart attack. She nodded cordially when she saw him turn pale. That's right. She wasn't here chasing you. She wanted you to know about your sister. Oh, God, he bit off. He won't help you. No, Grandma. Yelling at poor Tilly like that when she was only trying to do you a good turn. Shut up. He snapped. Call the hospital and say, You called them. She took off her. You got my two weeks' notices of right now. I'm sick of you watching torture. I'm sick of watching you torture Tilly. I quit. See if your happy girlfriend in there can cook your meals and clean your house while she spins you into the poorhouse. No, he began furiously. She had a pen. I won't reconsider. The living room door opened, and Bella slicked into the hallway, smiling contently. Oh, we've... Are we going out to eat? She asked Jamie as she moved to catch up with him. 
catch him by one arm. I'm going to the hospital, he said. My sister's had a heart attack. Oh, that's too bad, Belle said. You want me to go with you and hold your hand? The girls would love that. No, said Sawgrass. You'll be such a comfort to them. No, J.P. She's, she's right. I'd be a comfort, like she said. Belle agreed, missing the sarcasm all again. You need me, J.P. I hope he gets what he really needs one day. No, said turning on him. You're fired, he yelled after her. Too late, I already quit. No, said pleasantly. Oh, I'm sure Bella can cook you some supper and wash your clothes. She closed the kitchen door behind her with a snap. Now, you know I can't cook, J.B., Bella said irritable. And I've never washed clothes. I send mine to laundry. What's the matter with her? It's the silly girl who was here, isn't it? I don't like her at all. J.B. reached into his pocket and pulled out two large rules. Call cab and go home, he said. I have to get to the hospital. But I should go with you, Shuggy. You look down at her with bridal fear. Go home. Teacher to us. Well, all right, J.B., you don't need to yell. Honestly, you're such in a bad mood. My sister has had a heart attack. He repeated. Yes, I know, but those things happen, don't they? You can't do anything about it, she added blankly. It was like talking to a wall, he thought. With exasperation, he ducked in his shirt, checked to make sure his car keys were in his pocket, checked, jerked his raincoat in half from the hall coat rack, and went out the door without a backward glance. Don and Brandy were pacing the waiting room in the emergency room of Jacobsville General Hospital while Dr. Coulter examined their mother. They were quiet, somber, with tears pouring down their cheeks in silent misery when J.B. walked in. They ran to him. The instant they saw him, visibly shaking, he gathered them close, feeling like an animal because he hadn't even let Tilly talk when she walked in on him. She come to tell him that Marge was in the hospital with a heart attack, and he'd sent her running with insults. Probably she'd come to his office that morning because something about Marge had worried her. He'd been no help at all. Now Tilly was hurt and Nell was quitting. He'd never felt so helpless. Mama won't die, will she, Uncle J.B.? Randy asked tearfully. Of course you won't. He assured her in a deep, soft tone he used with little things of her or her children. She'll be fine. Tilly said she was going to tell you about Mama. Why didn't Tilly come with you? Don asked, wiping her eyes. She said, Tilly's not here. No, she had to go over to your house. But you didn't answer your phone, Brady, replied. I guess the lines were down or something. Or something. He said, I was really taking the phone off the hook. She may have gone home to get Mama a gown. Down. Don suggested she always thinks of things like that when everybody else goes to pieces. She'll be here as soon as she can. I know she will, Bernie. I don't know what we'll do without Tilly. Which made J.B. feel even smaller than he already did. Tilly must be scared to death. She'd been with her grandfather when he died of a heart attack. She loved him more than any other member of her small family, including the mother she lost more recently. Marge's heart attack would bring back terrible memories. Worse, when she showed up at the hospital, she'd have to deal with what J.B. had said to her. It wasn't going to be a pleasant reunion. Dr. Jane Coltrane came out smiling. March is going to be all right, he told him. We got to her just in time, but she'll have to see a heart specialist, and she's going to be on medication from now on. Did you know that her blood pressure was high? No, Joby said one. It, it's always been low. Coach Chickie said, not anymore. She's very lucky that it happened like this. It may have saved her life. It was a heart attack then. J.P. persisted with the girl standing close at his side. Yes, but a mild one. You can see her when we've got her in a room. You need to sign her in at the office. I'll do that right now. But where's Tilly? Don asked when they were alone. J.P. wished he knew. He was on his way back from the office when he paused at the emergency room just in time to see a worried Jane stalking beside a gurney. The two paramedics were rushing through the door. On the stretcher was Tilly, unconscious and bleeding. Tilly, he explained, rushing to the gurney. She was white as a sheet, and he was more frightened now than he was when he heard 
learned about Mars. What happened? He shot a grenade. I don't know. Gang said her, her car was off the road in a ditch. She was unconscious in a couple of inches of water, phase down. If I hadn't come along when I did, she'd have drowned. JB felt sick all the way to Seoul. It was his fault. All his fault. Where was the car? He asked. On the farm road that leads to your house. Grange replied, his eyes narrowed suspiciously. Why are you here? My sister just had a heart attack. So told me. The girls and I have been in the emergency waiting room. She's going to be all right. Till he came to tell me about it. He asked reluctantly. Then why the hell didn't she ride in with you? Grange asked, brown eyes flashing. She must have been upset. She loves March. She shouldn't even have been driving him, whether this dangerous. That was a question, J.B. didn't want to touch. <laughs> he ignored it. Followed the gurney into one of the exam rooms. Was Grange right on his heels? He got one of Tilly's small hands in both of his and held on tight. Tilly, he said huskily, feeling the pain all the way to his boots. Tilly, hold on. She shouldn't have been driving. Grange repeated, leaning against the wall nearby. He was obviously upset as well. The look he gave J.B. would have started a fight under better circumstances. The entrance of Cooper. Cooper culture and interrupted him. Cooper gave J.B. an odd look. It isn't your day, is it? He asked me to tell his What happened? Her car hydroplane, apparently. Grange said, Tony, I found it overturned. She was lying face down in a ditch full of water. If I'd been just a little later, she'd have drowned. Damn the luck. Culture muttered, checking her pupil reaction with a small pinlet. She's concussed. She's concussed as well as Bruce, he murmured. I'm going to need an x-ray and a battery of tests to see how badly she's hurt. But the concussion is the main thing. J.B. felt sick. One of his men had been kicked in the head by a mean steer and dropped dead of a massive concussion. Can you do something now? He raged at culture, and the physician gave him an odd look. There's a notorious gossip locally that Telly was crazy about J.B. Hammock, that J.B. paid her as little attention as possible. That white-faced man with blazing green eyes facing him didn't seem disinterested. What would you suggest? Yes, J.B. Court. Wake her up. Grace made a rough sound in his throat. You can shut up. J.B. told him nicely. You're not a doctor. Neither are you. Grange returned with the same lack of one. And if you'd given her a lift to the hospital, she wouldn't need one, would she? Jamie had already worked that out for himself. Slips compressed furiously. Till he groaned, both men moved to the examination table at the same time, in tandem. Coltrane gave them angry looks and bent to examine Tilly. Can you hear me? Yes, Tilly. Her eyes opened, green and dazed. She blinked and winced. My head hurts. I'm not surprised, Coltrane murmured, busy with a stethoscope. Take a deep breath. Let it out. Again. She groaned. My head hurts. She repeated, okay, I'll give you something for it. But we need x-rays and an MRI, Coltrane said quietly. Anything hurts besides your head? Everything, she replied. What happened? You wrecked your car, Grange said quietly. She looked up at him. You found me? He nodded. Dark eyes can search. She made him think. She shivered. I'm wet. It was pouring rain, Grange said. His voice soft like his eyes. He brushed back the blonde matted hair from her forehead. This goes in a grown dark bruise. He winced. You're concussed, Tilly, Dr. Coulter said. We're going to have to keep you for a day or two, okay? But I'll miss graduation, she's really trying to set up. Gently pushed her back down. 
No, you won't. He said with a quizzical smile. She was like, glancing at JB. You, you look very worried. But it's me. I'm a senior. I have a white gown and cap. She said, wasn't driving Marjorie's car? No. Your own? JB said slowly, apprehensively. But I don't have a car, don't you remember, JB? She asked pleasantly. I had to drive Marjorie's. She's going to help me buy a car this summer because I'm going to work at the Sable Lot grocery store, remember? JB's indoor breath was audible. Before the other two men could react, he pressed Tilly's small hand closer to his own. Tilly, how old are you? Yes, I'm 17. You know that. She scoped. Coltrane whistled. JB turned to him. His lips parted in the preliminary to a question. We're going to step outside and discuss how to break it to March. Coachman told Jim, you just rest. I'll send a nurse in with something for your headache, okay? Okay. JB, you aren't leaving, are you? She added wordly. Coals of fire. He was thinking as he assured her that he'd be nearby. She relaxed and smiled as she lay back on the examination table. Coachman motioned the other two men outside and see the hall. Amnesia, he told JB at once. I'm sure it's temporary. It isn't uncommon with head injuries. She's very confused and in some pain. I'll run tests. We'll do an MRI to make sure. The head injury would cause it. Grange asked wordingly. JB had a flush along his eye cheekbones. He didn't speak. Coltrane gave him a curious look. The brain tends to try to protect itself from trauma, and not only physical trauma. Has she had a shock of some kind? He asked JB pointedly. JB replied with a curt jerk of his head. We had a misunderstanding at the house. He hinted Grace's dark eyes like, Well, that explains why she wrecked the car. He accused J.B. glared him like hell does. Coaching held up in. Arguing isn't going to do her any good. She's had the wreck. Now we have to deal with the consequences. I'm going to admit her and start running tests. J.B. drew a quick breath. How are we going to explain this to Tilly? Coltrane said, tell her as little as possible right now. Once she's stabilized, we'll tell her what we have to. But if she thinks she's 17, sending her to Marge's house is going to be traumatic. She'll expect the girls to be four years younger than they are, won't she? JB was thinking hard. <laughs> he saw immediately a way to solve that problem. Prevent Nell from escaping at once. She can stay at the house with Mount Nell and me, he said. She and Marge and the girls did stay there when she was 17 for a couple of weeks while Marge's house was being remodeled. We can tell her that Marge and the girls are having a vacation while workmen tend to her house. I'll make it right with Don and Brandy. You and Telly were close when she was in her teens, I recall. Culture and <laughs> Yes, Jimmy said tautly. Culture and chuckled, glancing at Grange. She followed him around like a puppy when she first went to live with him, with Marge, she told the other man. You can talk to J.B. without tripping over Telly. J.B. was her security blanket after she lost her mother. She was the same way with Marge, J.B. muttered. Not to that extent, she wasn't. Culture and argued. She thought the sun rose would set on you. I need to go back and check on Marge. J.P. interrupted, visibly uncomfortable. I'll stay with Tilly for a while, Grange said, moving back into the examination room before the older two other two men could object. J.P. stared after him with bridal fury, his hands deep in his pockets. His eyes moved. He's got no business in there. He, told he isn't even family. Neither are you, Dr. J.P. glared at him. Are you sure she'll be all right? Sure as I can be. He studied the other man intent. You said something to her. Something that hurt her, didn't you? 
He has done JV's high cheekbones look on a Rudy Cole. She's hiding in the past when you were less resentful of her. She'll get her memories back, but it's gonna be dangerous to rush in. You have to let her move ahead at her own pace. I'll do that. JP assured him. You drew a long breath. Damn. I feel my whole life crashed and burned today. First March. Now Tilly. And now quit. He counted angrily. Now Coulter's way. She's been there since you were a boy. Well, she wants to leave. JP mother. But she'll stay if she knows Tilly's coming to the house. I better phone her. Then I'll go back to Margie's room. He met Coulter's room. She needs anything. Anything. I'll take care of it. I don't think she's got health insurance at all. <laughs> you might stop by the mineral registration office and set things up. Coltrane, but I'll do what needs done. Finances notwithstanding, you know that. I do. Thanks, Cooper. Coltrane, I'm glad she's rallying, he said. In March, too. Same here. JB left left him to go back to the administration office and sign Tilly and he felt guilty. Her wreck was certainly his fault. The least he could do was provide her for her treatment. He hated knowing that he'd upset her that much and for nothing. She was only trying to help. Frustration had taken it so long and he'd driven him into Bella's willing arms. The last thing he expected was for Tilly to walk in on him. He'd never been quite so ashamed of himself, which was, of course, no excuse to take his temper out on her. He wished he could take back all the things he said while her memory was gone. At least he had a chance to regain her trust and make up a little for what he'd done. Till he felt drained with the type of culture and had all the tests he wanted. She was curious about the man who told her that he found her in the wrecked car and called the ambulance. He was handsome and friendly and seemed to like her very much, but she didn't know him. It was very kind of you to rescue me, she told Grange when she was in a private room. He said, my pleasure. He smiled. His dark eyes went, you can save me next time. She laughed. Her head cooked, cocked to one side as she started saying, I'm sorry, but I don't remember your name. Grange, he said pleasantly. Just Grange? She cute and he nodded. Have I known you a long time? He shook his head. But I've taken you out of your time. The rival said, And JB let me go out with you, she explained. That's very strange. I wanted to go hugging with a college boy I knew, and he threw a fit. You're older than any college boy, he chuckled. I'm 27, he told her. Wow, she moved. You're old for your age, she said, evading her eyes. JB and I know each other. I see, she didn't, but he was obviously reluctant to talk about it. Marge hasn't been to see me, she added suddenly. That's not like her. Ranger called with J.B. and Culture and had discussed. Her house is being remodeled, he said. She and the girls are on a vacation trip. While school's in session, she explained. He thought fast. It's spring break, remember? She was confused. Had someone said it was May? Was it spring break in March? But graduation is coming up very soon. You got your cap and gown early, didn't you? He improvised. She was trying to. That must be what happened. I'm so confused. She remembered holding her hand. And my head absolutely throbs. They'll give you something for that. He checked his watch. I have to go. Visiting hours are over. Will you come back tomorrow? She asked, feeling deserted. He smiled. Of course I will, he answered. It will have to be during my lunch hour. Or after work, though. Where do you work? At the Ballinger feedlot. That set off bells in her head. But she couldn't think. Why? They're nice, Justin and Calhoun. Yes, they are. He stood up, moving the chair back from it. Take care, I'll see you tomorrow. Okay, thanks again. He looked at her for a long time. I'm glad it wasn't more serious than it is, he told her. You were unconscious when I found you. It was raining, she regarded. I don't understand why I was driving in the rain. I'm afraid of it, you know. Are you? She shook her head. I must have had a reason. 
I'm sure you did. He looked thunderous, but he quickly raised the expression, smiled, and left her. She settled back into the pillow, feeling bruised and broken. Such an odd experience, what had happened to her. Everyone seemed to be holding things back from her. She wondered how badly she was damaged. Tomorrow, she promised herself she'd dig it out of J.B. End of chapter 6.